0: Hello friends, my name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Aliza Kelly, and I am here today with a Virgo. I'm having a very, very tank. For those of you who are listeners of the show, you know that tank means there are no coincidences. It is the first day of Virgo season. I am only talking to Virgos today, as it turns out, as I should be on the first day of Virgo season. This is Ajit. He is an author coach, entrepreneur, who believes that love and service are the foundation of a well-lived, purposeful life, which honestly, I don't know how much you know about astrology, but that sounds like the most Virgo statement. That's like a Virgo mission statement. Ajit believes that these values build companies that truly create real positive change in the world. And I am so excited to have you on Stars Like Us. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in the spirit of Virgo, Virgo is the sun sign or I should say the zodiac sign. In your case, it's your sun sign. You're born at the end of August. Your birthday is coming up right around the corner. But the sign of Virgo is associated with practical service. And what that means is like really rolling up your sleeves, getting your hands dirty and helping and this is an important distinction from its opposite which is pisces which is spiritual service virgo is like let's fix things you know you need your your coats on the ground you need a hanger you know you need a coat rack like let me get some nails let me get a hammer and let me help you with this and i feel like that is so much of at least the way that i see your work from You know, doing my little back research on you on the way that you are inspiring people and the messaging that you give is very much. Okay. You, your coats on the floor. It's disgusting. It's getting dirt. There's dust. Like we need to get this coat off the floor. Let me show you what it looks like to get some nails and get a hammer and get this set up. So one, I want to ask, does that feel aligned with your work? And then two, I want to get to know your work a little bit more. So can you tell us more about you and your process and what you do?
1: Absolutely. So it does sound very, very aligned to how I am as as a person. And personally, I'm very interested in astrology as well. I come from India where we grew up a lot around astrology, around our house and around our life. So it's very exciting for me to see the patterns there. I don't fully understand it as much as everything else, uh, but, but it is definitely very aligned to who I am as a person. The description that you just made uh, is very similar to that. What I am creating in the world is is multidimensional. I've, I've understood from my background in life, I come from really humble beginnings early on in my life. I grew up in India in a household of 23 other people. I shared that space with my cousins and my parents' cousins and grandparents and everybody lived together. It was a fun, exciting time, but it felt like uh, there was no abundance. There was no space to slow down and really be able to get to enjoy life in the presence of oneself, uh, which is probably also a Virgo thing to say. Uh, but, but because of that, early on in my life, I, I had to find a way to get out of it and get out of it in the sense of not just monetarily, but also in the sense of what my experience of life was becoming there, which was more of a grind where it seemed like it was an endless journey of of just doing things without having any meaning to it, just doing it because the world says you must do something. And, and that got me really interested in, in talking to individuals who were doing from the outside really, really well for themselves, not just financially, but otherwise as well. They had wonderful families, wonderful friends, they were traveling the world, they were doing the things I wanted to do. And I was blessed that I had an opportunity to really get coached by them. They were showing up in my life without any intention of receiving any financial help or receiving anything else from me, just simply saying, Hey, you seem like a good person. Let me support your journey. And, and that gave me an early head start in a career. Very early on in my life, in my, in my early in my late teens and early 20s, that support really propelled me to, to find something that now is known as coaching. And that really created that journey for me. And today that has led me to create several platforms that help educators, coaches, to be able to refine their skill of coaching and get better at what they do and create even more transformations in the world. I've been able to support companies do that. I have been able to create coaches directly through my own trainings and education and frameworks that we have developed for individuals to be able to take businesses, to have a uh, significant more impact and significant more growth, especially for small and mid-sized companies, and also for individuals to have a process that integrates our presence, our spirituality, our habits all together in in what I call the process uh, where you get to live a better version of yourself on a day-to-day basis. So it's something that is a self-coaching methodology, and it's also a coaching methodology you can use to coach somebody else. So. That's really my current form of work. I really enjoy writing. So I've written a couple of books. I really enjoy speaking. So I've spoken at some amazing platforms, but that's the variety of work that I do. And I really enjoy doing it.
0: I have some questions about how you were able to move from the environment that you grew up in, even to your late teens, early twenties, to the access to those individuals who were so inspiring and so empowering for you. I'm really grateful to have you on the show and I'm really grateful for you to share this intimate, give us this intimate insight into your experience and your journey, because certainly, you know, with a lot of the work that I do, and a lot of the work that is sort of adjacent to work I do with other spiritual practitioners, we talk about manifestation, we talk about, you know, creating things and the astral mind. And I mean, I talk about that type of stuff a lot. But there's no doubt that circumstances are going to be very different for someone who is growing up from even a middle-class family in the United States versus somebody who is in India with 23 other people living in your home. And I try to honor and acknowledge how different, different people's circumstances are. But even still, there's no doubt that it's going to be much more challenging for you to have those resources available than somebody who has them more or less in their backyard. You know, let's say someone's growing up in Northern California, it'll be very easy for them to like bop over and have an internship in tech if they wanted to. So I'm kind of curious just on a sort of narrative basis, like on a in, in your life, how did that happen? But then for our listeners who also are like, you know, I couldn't even imagine getting out of my situation or overcoming the circumstances that I came from. Do you have any thoughts or advice or wisdom that you could offer those individuals?
1: So it's, it's going to sound like a bumper sticker, but what I believed, and it happened early on in my life also because of the circumstances that I was in, but what I truly believe is universe has always got your back. So anything that you want to create is actually really easy to create if you're not trying so hard to create it. Because universe will always create whatever circumstance that needs to happen for your true desire to come true it's only us who get in the way here's how my circumstances played out so in india you were expected at least at that time the the great careers were become an engineer become a doctor and if all both of them don't work become an accountant because those were safe jobs you could get a safe job in getting those degrees and so you would go out and do them Uh, you would go out and your kids would be recommended to do so so early on my parents wanted me to become an engineer and as I started a little bit of the study around that, I realized that I would not want to do that for the rest of my life. I'm I'm too uh, creative in a way. I like doing different things. I don't like to be stuck doing the same thing again. Again, repetition is exciting only to a certain extent to me. After that, it needs to be variety. And so I kind of got that bravery early on and said, hey, I know I'm going to hate doing it, whatever this, this thing is, whatever this thing is turning out to. And fortunately, I had the courage at the time to ask my father, who was, who was a very kind man, say, Dad, I'd rather be unsuccessful doing something that I'm happy, or unsuccessful, by that it means financially unsuccessful, but do something that I'm happy doing, than get a lot of money doing this thing called engineering. And that awareness it probably landed with my father really well, because he was like, you know what, that's a good enough narrative for me, till the time you are comfortable with that outcome i think you can take that journey know that i'm not financially capable of supporting you so say you graduate in a different degree or in art school or whatever that is you're pretty much on your own i can probably pay for your college but after that you're on your own so whatever you got to do figure it out and i think that was the greatest motivation i could have gotten because i was i was about 17 years old at that time and that got me immediately into a state where i said i need to start doing things That will help me find what I love. So it wasn't about, hey, how do I make more money? But it was more about how do I find what I actually would like doing for the rest of my life or some version of it I would like doing for the rest of my life. And so I started experimenting. And as I was experimenting, I realized that I had a love, inherent love for education and media completely unconnected from the point of view that I was looking at, because education in India means you're going to school or college. And media is completely different. It's advertising. It's At that time, social media wasn't a thing. Like Facebook hadn't really occurred at that time. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I, I know it has to be something to do with teaching or education, and it has to do something with media. And I kept trying and experimenting until, and started doing part-time jobs and gigs in media houses and this and that, until... 20, I want to say I was about 25 years old when I stumbled on a startup in Malaysia, which is, uh, and again, I don't know if your audience is aware of this, but it's a, it's a good-sized personal growth company called Mind Valley. So I stumbled onto an internship that was available in this company and and took it. And that was the first integration that I saw somebody doing education and using media to actually do that education. This is like 2008. So that 12 years ago or something, 13 years ago at the time of this conversation. And that really got me to see how this all integrates and it came together. But it was almost that journey from 17 to 24, so about seven years of constantly saying, I'm discovering what is it that I would love? What is it that I want to explore? what, How do I get out of this situation, but also not just sell my soul to get out of this situation? And, and that really kept me curious. And I think universe just aligned because it's and this is what I like to see it as, and this is for anybody that is listening right now and saying, well, I've been trying and it's not working out, is universe, I like to treat universe like a blue-collar worker, which means you have a process that you have to follow. You have to do a step-by-step thing and building takes time, right? Like any blue-collar job, you have to put one piece, the next piece, the next piece. And as the pieces will come together, suddenly you will be like, oh, wow, I have a par- I have the product ready. It's kind of like that, which means it may be seven years of journey for you to find that one thing that integrates everything that you would have always imagined your career would look like. And then seven years later that, if you look at it six or seven years later that my first relationship ended and got me the perfect partner who's my current partner that had to be in my life to be in the journey that I'm in right now. So things line up, they just take time. So yes, I don't know if that really answers the question, but, but I hope that gives some directive.
0: No, I, I think it does. And I also, you know, something that comes up so often with my clients, with my community, with the community that we have here on the show, um, but then also, you know, in my personal life, people, as I interact with them, my friends, my family, is the fear that it will never happen, right? Like that it's like you take a risk, you choose not to sell your soul, you choose to be uncomfortable for a little bit of time, banking on a hope, on an idea, on a fantasy. And What if that fantasy never comes to fruition? What if it never actually turns into the thing that you are counting on or hoping for? Or what if the thing that you're hoping for is very nebulous right? and you can't quite figure it out or see it? Is it worth the risk? I have a feeling I know what you would say. I'm sure you get this all the time. I'm sure you see this all the time on, you know, with your clients, either directly or at least even on social media with people I'm sure sending you messages about this, you know, is how do you know you're safe enough to take that risk? How would you advise people on that?
1: I would say safety is a, is false in a way. What is safe? Is job really safe? Is any job or any career that you chose, is that really safe? Or are we just thinking that it is safe? Life happens in the moments we get to live. So even if it's a tough journey, it's the moments that we're getting to live. And, and it kind of relates to the story that I was sharing before. And this is true for our clients as well. I'm sure it's true for you as well, Alisa, is that there were instances in our life that, that sucked so hard. Like you wanted that moment to never happen. You, you were terrified. It was painful. It didn't help you in that moment. But when you reflect back three years later into that moment, you're like, oh, thank God that happened. Thank the universe that that happened because that wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be ready for this. I am grateful for my, my past relationship because I wouldn't have manifested my partner today. And universe works very interestingly, right? It's not only what you want is what it needs to give you. It needs to build a support system around you, right? So for example, if you want to have a career, let's say like me, right? So let's say you want to be a coach, a trainer, an educator, right? If you want a career like this, It might show you a curveball and actually get you to do some technical work that you're not qualified to do, like computer work, right? You may be like, oh, I don't know how to build a website, but this is the only job that I get. This was the job I got when I was 18 years old. It was completely meaningless at the time when I was doing it. But today, if somebody tells me something about my website, some information that they do not expect from a founder of a multi-million dollar company or a coach that is helping many, many individuals, Right. But I know that not because I tried to learn it. It's because I accidentally, I had to do that as a a journey to find this career, right? At that time, code wasn't the thing. So media was, social media wasn't the thing. Media meant advertisements on TV, right? But I learned that journey accidentally and it was just preparation time. So my invitation for anybody that is thinking, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the, you know, will it happen? Will it not happen? Is to, is to find the joy in the journey and find that peace in the moment of saying, at least I get to do something that I truly enjoy. At least I'm working towards something that I truly enjoy and not associate so much with the outcome. Because honestly, most of the outcomes that you want for your life, you're underestimating yourself. And that's true for pretty much everybody. If you are 20 years into career today, Look at yourself when you were 15 years ago or 18 years ago. Was it your dream where you are 20 years later? You are way further than that, right? You were thinking you will get your first car at an age and you got it much earlier. You were thinking you will buy your first house at an age and you bought it much earlier. And that's just the truth of life. Universe will construct everything in the way for you to really enjoy life fully. You just have to get out of the way and really listen to yourself and say, hey, what is it that I truly want? And what is it that I will enjoy? Because at the end of it all, this is all status, right? It, how, who knows what happens uh, when all of this ends, right? We have no idea. We can keep contemplating on it. We can think about it. We can project into it. But the truth of it is only known when we get there, right? And so the only thing you can do is to enjoy our journey from our birth to our physical body uh, being cremated or burned or whatever is the process that you are going to follow but that's really the only journey that we can right now psychologically have the greatest joy with spiritually have the greatest joy with so let's make it joyous if it's even if it's hardships make it joyous like hard things teach you and make you have fun st- help you help you tell stories to your kids to your friends so if you enjoy it you are going to have no trouble creating it you're going to have no doubt that it'll happen and it'll take the time it needs to take
0: Yeah, I I love that. I mean, that is so fully aligned with the work that I do and the way that I visualize astrology as part of the integration process because astrology is everything. You know, astrology is a totality. Astrology is time. Astrology is cycles. And it's a reminder of the fact that we are only ever working in a tiny little, you know, we only are ever moving in The motion that we can sort of embody, right? At any given time, like we can anticipate maybe what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month, or even maybe next year. If we have like a very fully realized calendar, but fundamentally, it's like, even if we are preparing for tomorrow, whether that's a literal tomorrow or a next year tomorrow, we have no idea what is going to come into our life who is going to come into our life, what is going to penetrate that experience and offer something so totally and radically different than we could have ever even imagined. And astrology sort of helps us visualize the fact that we are only ever moving through just a little bit at a time, but there's a lot more that is still unfolding and that hasn't yet unfolded. So even if you are in the weeds of your current reality, and even if you are... Sort of, you know, you're not sure how you're going to connect these dots and make sense of this and figure that out. Like, that's okay because you're not supposed to have everything figured out in tandem. You're figuring it out piece by piece as things and opportunities continue to unfold, which is why for me, it's like the most meaningful piece of advice that I could ever offer anyone is to just keep moving, you know, keep going, keep trying, keep challenging yourself, keep taking. Steps in both your psychological understanding, but then also in the physical, practical understanding and, and, you know, what you're investing in and what you're doing because the planets are always moving. Therefore, we should always be moving too. We should always be in motion. And if we are not in motion, then we are choosing to be static. And if we choose to be static, then we're not really working with the celestial forces, the universe anymore. Because then that is the only, that becomes a deviation between what the organic maturation process is and how we are choosing to participate. So I think that as long as people are staying in flow and staying, you know, curious, questioning, challenging, trying new things, uh, taking risks, that it's certainly some of those will work and some of those will not. But that is, that is what it's about as opposed to making only a gesture when you know what's going to happen. Cause that's not any sustainable way to live.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, I know it's hard when it's hard, right? When you feel like everything is against you and the forces are against you, the planets are against you and it may feel like that. And it may seem like that. And even in astrology, from what I understand, limited understanding that I have is there are seasons. So, That hardship season that you're experiencing is setting you up for that good season that's about to come because there's no way you can coast through a bad season and hope that the good season actually yields what you want it to yield. You have to learn through each season and keep learning on that journey because, like you said as well, there is no point living this life hoping that tomorrow's going to be better because all you got is today. This moment is all we have present woman is the only thing that is in the past and in the future at the same time. Because that moment that just passed is in the past. And the moment that's happening, as I say, is in the future. The moment that we have is the only moment. So why choose differently? Why choose anything else but progress? Anything else but some more, a little extra grit, a little bit more emotional management, a little bit more psychological change, a little bit more trust and trust in the universe, trust in our spirituality, leaning a little bit more in our intuition, knowing that all of us are connected and that all of us are trying to do a little better and we can support each other. And if we can come from that place, life gets easier and manifestation gets easier in at least my experience of life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think that it's for me, I've sort of started working with this new protocol and it's not new, but I've just found the language for it, which is that where I find the fear is also now where I'm spending a little bit more time investigating because it is near the fear that I know I should be moving. So the things that feel scary, if I have that sense of like, ooh, that feels really, that, that doesn't sit well with me. It's like, well, why? You know, why doesn't that? What am I really afraid of there? And let's spend a little more time picking up those rocks and seeing what's on the other side, because it's that fear that is probably closer towards where I need to go. And that is a paradigm shift, because it's so often that we feel fear or uncomfortable or anxiety, and then we say, oh, no, put something over that, you know, close the curtain. I don't want to see it. And then that actually really, it traps us. It prohibits us from being able to step outside of our circumstances and our situations, even if we're not happy in our circumstances and our situations, because the fear seems like we should be turning our back to it. But really when we think about, well, what is fear? You know, I don't know. I mean, what is fear? Obviously, if you are in the woods and a bear comes up, And you have a jar of honey, that is a fight or flight fear. That is a fear that is very obvious. But when we're talking about our sort of like modern person problems, we're talking about career, we're talking about purpose, we're talking about what we are destined to do in this lifetime. And we have fear around that. That becomes a lot more existential. It's a lot more philosophical. And it's not us in the woods with a honey jar and a bear approaching us.
1: You are you're so uh, spot on. Like philosophically, we are scared, and very honestly, you said you said it right. Fears are like these little doors that you need to open for manifestation to come through. Because the more doors you open, easier it is for you to flow through life. And you're not creating a psychological or physiological or philosophical barrier in your in your mind to not do certain things. Right. You go to a party, you're scared to talk to somebody. The day you get past that fear, you talk to that somebody, and that might open a door. You are scared to post on social media. One day you get past that fear, you post something on social media, and accidentally you find the right business partner for your association or life partner for your association to create that progress. Fears are those little doors. The more doors you open, manifestation flows through much faster. The more doors that are available to you. And this is a great, at least it was phenomenal for me. So at a, at a point in my life when I was struggling, I was struggling more philosophically, more than financially or any of the circumstances. I had already passed that barrier and philosophically, I was just stuck because I needed to find my next thing. And I was like, I don't know how to get past it. And coincidentally, I didn't know your theory at that time. And I and I wish I had heard you at that time. So thank you for sharing this. Because, but I remember that experience, me saying, you know what? I think the only way I'm going to unlock this is to do things that are really, really scary. Things that I'm so scared of because it feels physically that I will die. So I, I jumped off a plane. I did bungee <laughs> jumping. I didn't know how to swim. And I said, I'm going to go scuba diving. And I did. So I did life-threatening fears. Only to learn in that process, I'm not recommending this for everybody, but (laughs) but for the ones who are willing to take this kind of risk because because the pain is big enough for you to say, I'm going to take the greatest fears of my life. I said, my pain is big enough that I need to go past this pain and rediscover myself. I'm going to challenge myself to the greatest fears that I've always had. Do all of them only to realize that I am going to be okay and that we are going to be okay. That if you think about it, if you plan ahead for it, if you, you know, approach it in the right mindset, you don't die in most of the things, except beer and honey jar situations. <laughs> most of the times you're gonna be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you only die once, you know, you really and the the and this is why like, you know, people will see something scary astrologically and be like, Am I gonna die? And it's like statistically, probably not. It's more likely that some you're gonna have an emotional death that you're maybe going to wind something down, that you're going to have a breakthrough that changes the way you think about something, then you are going to have a physiological body death. It is more statistically likely that you are not going to have that one, you're done death than an emotional, spiritual one. There is going to be the that death that happens, but that only happens once, right? So it's like, there's a lot of other little deaths that can happen all the while before we reach the one that is the thing that i you know everyone is most afraid of because we don't know what happens on the other side and Boy. i do think that that fear that human fear of death is so existential we're overly aware of consciousness and not consciousness to the point where it beca- it inhibits our ability to be present and conscious so
1: true so true
0: um i wanted to also Talk about money a little bit because it's a real thing. I had a lot of money anxiety. I still do. I mean, I can't, I can't other myself from this. I would say that a lot of the trauma that I experienced in my life became most easily funneled into fear around financial insecurities, financial instability. And obviously in the feedback loop that was my life, not coming from money. And then in my twenties, not knowing how to manage money, taking horrible jobs that didn't pay me. By the time I was in my late twenties, still not having money, still struggling financially and like was just like, is this, am I fucked? You know, am I fucked forever? Like I don't know how to overcome this. So baked into a lot of my businesses. And this is the stuff that I'm undoing now is financial fear because I've also now at this point, you know, in my thirties and sort of having had stability, knowing how to manage my resources, feeling more confident and seeing that there's a lot of systems that were set up around the fears of, you know, survival, you know, like survival coming into things. So when we talk about like following the passion as opposed to the finances, but then also recognizing like, you know, you also have embedded finances into that. You know, you have, you're a successful individual, you are financially comfortable. How do you follow the passion and not sort of compound that with the financial fears or anxieties? Because I know a lot of people want to start businesses because they also want money, because they want, they imagine themselves living these very opulent or extravagant or even just stable lives. But I'm not sure where that question is, but there's a question in there around how do you m- balance all of these truths? You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. and I think there are two part answer to that uh, or two understandings that we need to have about money. One is a philosophical, more spiritual understanding, and the other is a practical understanding or the practical truth about money. So let's talk about the the spiritual and philosophical understanding first, because without that, the practical doesn't work anyways. So philosophically and spiritually, what we need to understand is uh, our money stories or how we see money, what money does, what is money for, is never properly educated to us. It comes through uh, hearsay in a way, right? You heard your parents say something, you believe something about money, you had your uncle and aunt, some maybe somebody who was really successful financially, was around you, behave a particular way, and you borrowed that. Never really did you sat down and say, Hey, what do I even think about money? What is this? What does this thing call money is? What is this? Is it a medium to get things? Is it a thing that is in abundance in the world? Is there a limited version of it? Does it make people good? Does it make people bad? What is it that you have ever sat down and said, This is what I believe about money? This is the purpose of money in my life or in the universe at all, right? So we never really sit down to discover what does money mean. And because we never do that, we never get a chance to really discover what is it that stops us from getting money, right? And there are, there are some foundational beliefs that are very common that people have. I'm not going to, there are many more, but on on a, on a surface level, these are certain things that people tend to have as beliefs. Like, for example, one of the big money beliefs I've heard very often is growth and success becomes a blocker which means uh, when you get money, you grow as a person, which means you'll leave your friends behind. And this is borrowed belief when a friend is in your, let's say your parent's group or in your group who gets more successful or their parents get more successful and they move away from the school, or you don't see them that often with your your parents or your parents talk behind their back Mm -hmm. poorly. So now you're built inherently that, oh, money means growth, growth means people are gonna move away, I don't want to move away from my people. And so you are unconsciously blocking any abundance that comes to you. Now, you may not even know that that is happening for you, but you need You need to do that journey of understanding what money means to be able to get to the point to say, what is stopping me, right? What is this story that stops me again and again, right? So growth is one story. Success on what success means is a different story. If you see movies, uh, the rich people are always the bad people, right? The people are always out to get you. The financial banker is always the guy who's the worst of the lot and everybody's out to get you. If you listen to the news, the rich people are out to get the poor people. You don't want to be rich if, if you're a good hearted person because you're like, I don't want to get out people. I don't want to do bad to other people. Like, you're a good hearted person. Of course, you don't want that. Right. So, you block money because suddenly you think, oh, money is the root to evil, as a very popular saying. Right. So, there are many blocks like that. This is a common one. There is a huge block that I've seen many of our clients experience, which is reciprocity of being able to receive. Is to be able to say, yeah, I'm comfortable taking your money, especially in the industry that I operate, where the coaches and trainers and educators, they feel because it's education, it should be free. And because that's the feeling behind it and the intent is good hearted and kind hearted, they find it really difficult to say, hey, it's going to cost you this much. Because they know the other person's life is going to change, so they feel like, oh, I shouldn't ask for anything, and they should just donate some money to me. But that blocks money, because money doesn't work that way, right? So, So you need to firstly sit down with yourself and practically, philosophically, not practically, but philosophically and spiritually answer for yourself, what is money? What does it do for me? What is it doing to the world? What is it that I want it to do to the world? Because it's not only what it's doing right now, it can change like anything else. So you can be a conduit of that change, right? So you can ask that question to yourself, which will hopefully unravel and uncover what are the blocks that you have, which you can tackle spiritually, by by forgiving yourself, by creating more deep, meaningful spiritual practices, psychologically, by by really doing the work with yourself and really understanding where it's coming from and how to get past those stories, uh, which is a whole different topic. It will take us several hours to get in there, so you're not going to go there. But that's the first thing that you need to do is to build a philosophy around money. And the practical answer is: Do you study money? Do you know how investment works? Do you know what's a good return on investment? Have you ever sat down to say, if I make ten dollars? How much should I save? How much should I keep? How much should I invest? How much do I need to live in the means of? So, so what I've heard most commonly around American and European culture, and that's my understanding, and it could be flawed in the center, but that's the mainstream of understanding that I have of it, is in these cultures, you get money and then you spend it in things that you need. And then whatever is left, you put that into investment or savings and so forth which may seem right on the surface, but it's actually the other way around. That practical apne, if you want to grow long-term wealth, which is you get the money, you put aside first what you need to invest or save if you want to save for a rainy day. I think you should, but it's a personal choice. If not, at least invest, right? And then you, then you invest. And then what's left is what you spend on things that you need. And it's not uh, only true for people who are trying to build their first wealth it's actually true for people who are very wealthy because you will realize this after a point the kind of money you make you don't really need all of it like you basically get things just because you need to expense it somewhere you don't even need those things you're like i need to expense this because you know for tax reasons because i need to get a deduction and it. it is all practical it's very step by step it's very well understood so have you taken the time to educate yourself in the practicality of money and And sorry, I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but money is a big thing. And I know people can learn a lot about money if they really invested a little bit more time on it is, for example, a lot of people get scared about money and don't make a lot of money because they're scared of numbers. They feel like, oh, crap, you know, I don't know how to do my taxes. And honestly, you got scared of numbers, most likely because of things like algebra and integration and differentiation, all these complex things that we were taught in school which are really not applicable when you have to calculate taxes. You have to do addition, multiplication, and some percentages. That's really what you have to do, which is very easy math. You were doing it in your fifth grade, sixth grade, and you were way past that, right? So you can really do all that stuff without feeling overwhelmed about it, but your fear of numbers came because of later math. So get rid of that fear, again, philosophically, spiritually, suspend that, and you will find that you can actually work with money way more easily, but then get educated practically on on money as well, on how to really get rich. And it will be a grind for the first five, seven years, like anything is, where you are living a little bit under your means. You are living a little bit under, and you might not get the watch that you really wanted. You might not upgrade to the latest iPhone for a little bit, but seven years later, you will be able to upgrade to whatever you want to upgrade to whenever you want to, right? So define that for yourself as to what is the wealthy lifestyle for you? Write it down. Say, this is what I want to live. This is how I want to live. And this is how I want to live five years from now. Like how you would do with your goals and anything that you want to manifest in the universe, right? Write it down. And then based on that, create a math and practically apply it religiously for a few years and you will find yourself to be rich and abundant. It's really, there is so much abundance in the world that there is no reason. And I I truly believe there is no reason for us in society, in most of the countries, in most of the scenarios, not not all, but most of the scenarios, it it is really easy to be wealthy. Uh, You just have to be patient, learn the system, be practical about it, and also work on your philosophical and spiritual changes. So money flows through you and you don't like stop it coming to you.
0: Yeah, I I love every piece of advice that you shared. It's so helpful. And, you know, it's, in my upcoming book, um, I have a whole chapter on money and on manifesting, but also really working through money from um, changing our perception of what money is, because money is not this static thing that I think that because it's numbers and because we associate numbers with logic, we just assume that there's all of this logic baked into money and that there's all of these things that just make sense. And if you can't wrap your head around what makes sense, then it's not for you. But really, like, and this is the example I give in the book, which is that $100 is a finite amount, but the way that a six-year-old is going to react to $100, the way a billionaire is going to react or not react to $100, the way a single mom is going to react to $100, the way that a 25-year-old reacts, the way a 90-year-old reacts, they're all totally different. The money, the amount is technically the same, but our experience with it is so relative that we can't even just assume that when we're talking about somebody living a wealthy, affluent life, that we have the same understanding of what wealth and affluence is. Because for some person, achieving you know, having a six-figure business, whether that's in the low hundreds or high 900s is going to be, that's rich. For another person, they're like, no, I want to be a multimillionaire. For another person, they're like, if I end up making $85,000 in my salary, I am good. And all of those are true. All of those can be true based on someone's circumstance and situation. So it really is, as what you're saying, it's about getting straight with yourself in understanding how you process what you imagine rich to be. Because I also see that people just are like, oh, rich people and then everyone else. But there's actually just like a whole host of different ways that you can live. And living comfortably is very different than being a billionaire. But living comfortably also can feel like living being rich. Because if you're comfortable, if you can buy things and not have to worry about your bills... That might not be making having Amazon. That might not even be a multi-million-dollar business. That could just be a really solid quality of life, and you spending money that relates to your quality of life. But it's all perception, you know.
1: Yeah, and and very you you nailed it. Is like understand from your being, we get straight with yourself what is a lot of money for you, and write it, and and find content, and find your journey towards that that number, whatever that number is, and you can achieve it if, you, if you're if you doing yeah. that journey. I think one of the keys also happens now because of social media is that we look at everybody else's life and we think maybe that's the life I want and forget about getting straight with ourselves, like you said.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that was the most profound experience for me was when I, and I talk about this in the book, when I finally got over $10,000 in my bank account, I had never had more than... Uh, really a few hundred ever. And then if I had a thousand, it was usually like, oh, a tax return came in. You know, it was never actually something where it was, it felt stable, but reaching for me, $10,000 was so epic, so profound that it was a, you know, when I had that, I felt like the richest person in the whole world. And I felt so, I felt so capable. I felt like I had actually released all of the trauma. And even though that's not enough money that you could live on, it's not the rest of your life, having that the hormonal reaction to I'm rich gave me permission to generate more opportunities for myself because I was able to feel abundant. So one of the things that I really highly suggest people do is find the time when you have felt abundant and connect with that emotionally, connect with that spiritually, because that's going to be the sensation that you have, whether it's 10,000, 100,000, a million, $1 billion is you're going to have that feeling of, I made it, you know, and maybe you've experienced it, maybe you haven't, but it's ultimately that joy and that sort of like acknowledgement and appreciation. I think that we are truly what is what we're really striving for at the end of the day. Because, you know, spoiler alert for anyone listening, when you die, you don't take what your physical possessions with you. You don't. That is the truth of what happens, at least from what we know. You don't end up taking them. You have to liquidate. So it really is also about, as you coming full circle, the joy of being present, the joy of being in every moment. Okay, so now I have two questions for you. Rapid fire. One is, what do you believe in? And two is how does magic show up in your life?
1: So one of the things that is most evident to me in what I believe in is the goodness of humanity. I feel most of us want to do good, are doing good, and want to continue doing something good for humanity, irrespective of our own traumas and situations and journeys. We operate sometimes from not the goodness side of us, but inherently we are good. And so I believe... uh, love and service is the way to live. And that's the values I live by. And that's the values I think need to be spread more in, in the world. And the second question was... How
0: does magic show up in your life?
1: Oh, magic shows up so many ways in my life. I'm a, I'm a new father to a daughter. So that recently showed up about three months ago. Oh my
0: goodness. Mazel tov. That's amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So magic shows up in so many ways. Like it's, it's every day. It almost is like I was sharing. It's like... I've set this journey to say, hey, I'm going to have the greatest experience of life and things show up. Like I was recently thinking about, hey, I would love to, you know, I've had transformations in wealth. I've had a transformation relationship. I've had great friendships. I've changed so many areas of my life to, to be in the perfect place I would like to. The thing I wasn't super like there yet was my health. And so recently something showed up in my life that I've I've gained the financial, uh, the the health gains that I've been wanting to gain. And I'm continuing that journey, which is why I have a hard stop because I've committed that much myself to that journey. So super exciting. So uh, magic has been happening every day in my life. My my daughter is the latest, biggest blessing uh, that that has happened very, very recently and the magic that has happened.
0: What sign is she? Or when is her birthday?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I just say my daughter's birthday wrong. 30th May is the birthday.
0: Okay. So your daughter is a Gemini.
1: Yes, Gemini. You're right. Communicative, yes. talkative. Yes. We love it. Yes, that's awesome. Okay,
0: so now I would love to pull a tarot card for you. The way that my deck works best is if you have a question that you would like to ask. So, if you have a question, we could pull a card on that.
1: Okay. The question is, uh, when will I be able to create space to write my next book?
0: Ooh, I love that. Great question. Okay. Would you like me to work with pile one, pile two, or pile three? Pile two. Great. So I'm just going to reframe it as what do you need to do to create space? Because the when time isn't as good for tarot, but the what is very good. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah, sounds great.
0: So what do you need to do? Because you want to write a book, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh, the high priestess. So this is a very, very deeply spiritual card. Um, This card is about connecting to your intuition. This card is about sort of creating a sanctuary for yourself. As you can see, this is very much a, you know, this is like a temple that this character is in. The way I'm seeing this for you is very much as a locational is that you do need to create this sort of temple for yourself in order to write that book. Now, it's interesting you just had a child because there is a lot of fertility imagery in this as well. So what that also kind of suggests to me is maybe that space Is a combination of you stepping into your role as new father and then also simultaneously creating this sort of sanctuary for yourself, a temple that is both about, you know, raising your child and creating a safe haven for that. And then also simultaneously a space of inspiration, uh, intuition, really tapping into, you know, what spirit means to you and what you're being sort of invited to make. But I think that there is a direct link between you being a new father and the space. And I think that the synthesis of that is some sort of a sanctuary, some sort of a environment where you can write, but then you can also not, you can also parent simultaneously, if that makes sense.
1: That does. That does. Thank you very much for, for sharing that. I'll definitely look into it.
0: Yes. I think that it's really about ambiance. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you?
1: Oh, well, you can find me on any platform. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever is a ch- platform of choice.
0: Could we even find you on TikTok? You can.
1: I've I've like literally no content <laughs> there, but you can. At, <laughs> at Coach Ajita. I just made the profile just a few days ago. So yeah.
0: Tank. Love yeah. it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This has been such a joy. Thank
1: you so much.